everybody. Welcome to Between the Horns. Miles Simmons here with DeMarco Farr. It is Thursday, November 29th. Y'all. It is a rainy day here in Agora Hills, Thank California. God. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think down. we needed the rain. Yeah, let it rain. Absolutely. We flooded in my neighborhood. Did it really? It's so hilly. And it's mm-hmm. sometimes at the bottom of the hill, it just it floods. Well, it creates yeah. those mudslides, too. I mean, we had yeah. folks in, I mean, trying to come to work today. It, it Los Angeles is notorious for being very, very bad drivers with rain, right? So yeah. we know this. But one of our producers out there had so much trouble. Like, literally, it's it's about 10.55. He walked in the building 10 minutes ago. Wow. Left at 7.45. Do you, like, automatically, like, offer the excuse? Do you tell people what happened, or you just go to your desk first? I mean, you go to your desk first. But you wait in for the somebody day, to ask where in you're the day, No, in oh. the day of, you know, texting okay. and communication. Like, everybody knew what the deal was. But nice. it's like... Man, that's brutal. Well, there's three hours in the car. There's this guy that lives right next to the stoplight where I have to make a left. It's the main artery to get to the freeway. And he lives on the right side of the road and he always parks his truck and it's a one lane. He parks his truck on the street. So Hmm. there are people trying to make lefts and rights on this little one lane and he blocks it on purpose. I guess he's been there since the 60s. So he wants everyone to know it's his house. That's annoying. It is. Well, a tree fell on his truck today. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just saying. Well, it's one of those things. It is one yeah, of those things. Yeah, three years, finally. Some some comeuppance. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so the Rams had a bye week on Thanksgiving, which yeah. is awesome. And I mean, I think I mentioned this in the last podcast. Like, I got to mm-hmm. spend Thanksgiving with my family for the first time in a very long time. And did the they know Rams, you? They, <laughs> um, Who is barely. this guy? Well, they they liked me. I cooked. I'm gonna do a flex here. Like, I cooked the turkey. You did? I did. I cooked nice. turkey and stuffing. I didn't stuff the turkey, but you know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. dressing. I guess you yeah. could call. It. But I made both. And your mom helped you. Hit. Come on now. No, your mom was I, hovering. All right, she I will, hovered. Come on, it's your mom. She did not hover. Yeah, yeah. But she did help cut the bread for the stuffing. Okay. And that's all the help. I can hear the helicopter blades whenever your mom is in town. Yeah. Yeah, she hovers right right above your head. I don't know. She does that. She doesn't try to. She loves you. She does. And and I appreciate it. But it was great to be able to do that, spend that with the family. Uh, How was your Thanksgiving? Good. Fun. Same thing. Um, My family didn't know. Like, usually you're on the road or you're worried about football, and this time I didn't have to, so it was really cool. Um, Got to be normal, just watch football. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Get into some conversations about football that I didn't start. You know, hmm. just kind of add some some insight or some opinion and then go about my own business. So it, it was cool. It was good to, you know, my mom was in town. My, my dad was in town. Everyone was here. So we had lots of turkey. Hung out with my brothers, brought out the Super Bowl rings, made them shut up. Yes. Yeah. All all good stuff. Yeah. How often do you bring out the Super every Bowl Every Thanksgiving. That's every it? Christmas. Yeah. When we're oh, so all it's one. just the big family events. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I love bringing them out, too. Because I always walk in with my hands in my pocket. <laughs> yeah. And my oldest brother looks like, do you have them? Oh, yeah. You know it. Bling. <laughs> Do your daughters like understand what that is, what that represents? The, the oldest, oldest one, the oldest yeah. does. She's almost 18 and she's just now getting it. Yeah. Yeah. She understands everything about football, the NFL and like, you know, tracking the Rams through me. Right. Like, dad, how come we're so bad? This is when she was a kid. Yes. How come like the Rams aren't playing and it's January. Well, we haven't qualified. Well, how do you qualify? Well, you have to win more games. Why aren't we winning more games? We have to stop throwing picks. Well, tell them to stop doing that. (laughs) So I'll I'll try. But now she gets it. She understands it. And I think we've sat through two Super Bowls where she was really engaged. Hmm. She's more in it for the commercials and the halftime show, but that's cool. Watching the the entire game. And then at the end, when it's all said and done and she watches the celebration, she goes, wow, dad, 
that's a big deal. And you have one of those. Yeah. 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 I've been telling you that since you were a kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, the Rams are still on their journey to basically clinch their spot in the postseason mm-hmm. because the Seattle Seahawks got it done. On the road this weekend in Carolina, were you... The Walking th- Dead. Yeah. They're a bunch of zombies. They just will not go away. We keep saying this, as long as Russell Wilson still walks the earth, they're a problem. Well, and especially with the way they're running the ball. Yeah. You know? And right now, they they look like a playoff team. Yeah. Which, I, you know what? If you had said that after the first couple of weeks in the season, I probably would have looked at you funny. But Seattle, to me, looks like a playoff team and a team that the Rams really could potentially see down the road. Well, as a just as a, a side point, I, I wonder twenty years from now, how is history going to remember Pete Carroll, hmm. and what sort of do is is he going to get? Because I mean, we when we talk about the greatest coaches, when you talk about the NFL, it's usually Belichick. Right. When you go to college, it's usually Nick Saban. But at some point, you're really going to look at what Pete Carroll has done at both levels and say. Wow. Yes, you should. I mean, you know, despite all of the controversies that surrounded uh, Pete Carroll leaving USC, I mean, he still won multiple national championships. I mean, Had USC going. Yeah. Right, was the premier college institution basically when I was growing up and like really formulating things. I remember USC being the top, the pinnacle and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And so that's why, I mean, for me at least, living here and seeing what USC as a program is right now, it's yeah. kind of like, man, it, you know? They, they had it rolling and if I could, of course I would pick my UW era, but if I could, just pick eras. I would pick that SC, the Pete Carroll era versus Nick Saban's right now. Yes. And have them go at it for the next 10 years. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And they would be that good, but I think yeah. you make a good point about Pete Carroll, especially when what he's doing this year mm-hmm. i mean basically to keep that team as focused as it is basically reset and then still have those guys really right now in position to make a playoff push because you beat carolina uh-huh. you prevent the rams from clinching the nfc west and you really set yourself up well to, to make that run well I, I like it the rams control their own destiny you have to go through detroit to become division champs that's really that's what you want you don't want to be Look, being crowned division champs anywhere, anytime is always great, but you really want to go out there and do it yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You want to win the game, go into the locker room, especially when it's on the road mm. and wear those hats. Yeah. Really, really cool. Then. That, I, I will say like that was one of the coolest experiences that I've had, you know, in this role last year. When you go on the road to Tennessee, you get that victory and then you see everybody in the hats and the shirts and everything that that was very special. Yeah. So I think that being able to have that celebration is something that's possible. I've done it, did it in Carolina. Um, it was great. Uh, we hugged, and I remember how fast. I wouldn't say Dick Vermeil poured cold water on it, but he kind of refocused us. Hey, look, this is great, but we have bigger fish to fry. Yes. And the room didn't stop celebrating. We just kind of taped, taped it down a little bit and said, oh, you're right, we do. Uh, we're after bigger fish. Same thing happened in Tennessee with this group it last did. season. They were happy. They were jumping for joy. You finally changed the culture. But, hey, look, there's more out there for you guys. Now, it ended, you know, week one of the, of the postseason. Right. So this is how we got to this point here. So uh, if they get it done in, in Detroit, which we fully expect, um, I can't wait to see how long that celebration lasts before somebody says, hey, look, we have bigger fish to fry. I honestly, I don't think it'll last maybe five minutes. Because maybe. the, the, the yeah. feeling that I get from this team right now is it's different than it was last year. Mm-hmm. Like, this is what they are expected to do. This is just the the – it's a checkpoint, you know, mm-hmm. on that you have to, you got to check the box. Yes. And you want to be able to check that box, but, and you don't want to diminish anything that that represents. But at the same time, I just feel like 
this team knows it has bigger fish to fry. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like this, just, you get yeah. this, and then you get okay. Then we have just, something next week. Just too. don't treat it like hockey, where you don't touch the president's trophy and all that sort of nonsense. Whatever. I, I mean, don't know what that. I don't know what that. Yeah, means. I mean, I if hockey. you have the best record in the regular season, they give you their president's trophy. Um, but hockey players won't touch it because they only touch the Stanley Cup. So it's kind of one of those things. So, like, if you become division champs or two-time division champs or back-to-back division champs, wear the hat, wear the shirt, go hug everybody, and then get back to the season. But celebrate it first. Absolutely. And I honestly, I I really feel like it is something that should be celebrated. It's Mm -hmm. something to be really proud of because you can go back to even those greatest show on turf days. The the Rams franchise has not won back-to-back division championships since 1978 and 1979. Oh, yeah. So that's the last... You're talking about generations and generations, basically. That's It's a long time before I was born. It's a long time before Sean McVay was even born. (laughs) But guess what? Wade Phillips was still coaching in the league but, I, but <laughs> crazy unreal isn't it oh. but, but that's what i'm saying like i i agree with you it is something to be commemorated and something to be celebrated no, no doubt i mean and but you have to go out and do it and I, I could care less what people think of detroit or how they think detroit is going to perform they're going to give you their best they're going to give you everything they have they're yes. going to make it tough on you and you're in their house mm-hmm. so you're going to have to go out there and earn it it's, it's going to be great matt stafford this is the time when i fear him the most when the season is spiraling out of control and they're about to fall out of contention, this is where you get the light, your hair on fire type Matt Stafford that throws it everywhere yeah. and can throw it anywhere yes. when he wants to. So this will be a fun matchup this weekend. For sure. And one guy that should be out on the field trying to prevent Stafford from throwing it everywhere is Aqib Tlaib. Yeah. Now, yeah. he has been designated to return from injured reserve, so and he's practiced, so we got to see him a little bit at practice yesterday. Pretty decent moving around. Has not necessarily, at this point as we speak, mm-hmm. been activated to that 53-man roster, but... Unless there is some kind of setback that we hear about, I expect that to happen sooner than later before this weekend. And I, I, I at least at this point, I expect him to be playing. I, I can't wait. I'll, I was always a fan of him as a football player, as a corner, going all the way back to college, watching him play. He's, he's, he's technically perfect in some situations, mm-hmm. and he can diagnose a play in a blink. I mean, he's a veteran. He, he's a guy that's been through it a lot, and he's used to winning. So. When he went out, I think the team felt it. Everyone felt it when he was out. You you missed him. So having him back is going to be huge. But let me say this, man. Just being amongst him uh, when he's not playing, it's the same as if he is playing. Um, Just because he's out doesn't mean he's going to stop talking to his own team and to the other team. So there are a lot of guys in the NFL that that sell wolf tickets, that try to appear tough, that say things, that, that, that scream, I'm a tough guy. Most of it's phony. Not him. Mm. Yeah, it's 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 100% true when it flies out of his mouth. And if you want some, step up. But I guarantee you, you won't. <laughs> you will not. So, but, okay, so you're saying that he's, and this is true, he's been around, you know, he's mm-hmm. been on the sidelines. We've seen him waving towels and, like, encouraging guys. But how does that attitude, when it's actually on the field, though, it's got to be different than when it's not, right? Um, look, sometimes it goes overboard when a guy is trying to call attention to himself. I, I think he's more of the enforcer type without the fisticuffs, hmm. like a hockey enforcer. When he's on the ice or when he's on the field, you know what's happening. You know what's what, what it's about. Your team and the opposite team. Right. Don't go there. We won't go there. Yeah. But we need to play better on this side. So... He's just the fire starter. He's the lightning rod. He's the guy that will get the fight started. So some guys take the field hoping for a spark. He is that spark. He'll get you going. 
So, like, and that's kind of the things that we saw with him and Michael Crabtree, right? I mean, like, it's just the, the well, fire Well, I don't know what was going right? on with him and Crab. I mean, that, that seemed awfully personal. But that's, yes. but that's the thing. If you want to go there, he's not going to back down. Okay. So play the game, be a sportsman, what have you. You're going to get the same guy. But if it crosses over into fists, he's not going to hesitate. Technique-wise, what does he do to help solidify the secondary? You can coach off him. Uh, you can actually put just the film on him and watch him play either versus the run, pass, uh, short passes, slants, deep routes, what have you, and you can coach off that. Mm. Look his, look at his stance. Look at his back pedal. Look where his hands are. Look where his eyes are going. He right. doesn't get beat with his eyes. Uh, look at his leverage when he makes the tackle. His head is always in the right spot yeah. when he's got contain or when he's the end man on the line of scrimmage. Uh, he's just technically sound. Uh, you can only get that way from being in the pros this long. Mm. You have to extend your playing career, and you know he's been doing this an awful long time. Yeah, what I thought was interesting talking to uh, safety John Johnson on Monday when they had practice, basically, you know, uh, get back, all right, we're back from the bye, let's get acclimated. And that was really the first time Tlaib had been on the field. It was just a walkthrough, but it, it makes a difference. And we're talking to John Johnson, and he was saying, you know, all of Tlaib's experience – he has seen pretty much everything. There, mm -hmm. There's not much that you're, uh, an offense is going to be able to throw out there that Tlaib hasn't seen, and that is really helpful just being on the field with something like someone like that who has that kind of experience because it just gives everybody a security blanket. That's what the word John Johnson used. No doubt. Uh, and, and think about this, uh, especially with Matt Stafford, the way he played against Chicago, it seems like maybe he's just running plays and thrown to an area. Well, Tlaib's going to pick up on that. Mm. Okay, he's not seeing the safety. He's not seeing you drop. So when you disguise, disguise this way. Right. Or don't even disguise. Just line up in it, and I'll disguise it for you. Let's see if we can fool this quarterback into throwing it to us. Yeah. And sometimes it does happen. But for the most part, at least, when he sees two guys to this side, this is the route combination that can hurt us. I'll play here, you be here, and we'll get off the field. Right. If not... If they do score or whatever have you, we'll figure it out on the bench. The next time we see it again, we'll stop it. Right. and that, But that was the one of the things that I, I noticed from Tlaib and Peters throughout the course of training camp, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you, you would see route combinations that would come up from the Rams offense, and they would attack Tlaib and Peters in a certain way. And then, all right, maybe something happens, right? You know, there's a deep score. But then Tlaib Peters, they put their heads together. They're like, okay, this is what happened. This is how we diagnose it. This is how we're going to stop it next time. They're not going to be no able doubt. to do this on us again. And yeah. Robert Woods would say that all the time. Like you get him once, great, but you're you got to. You're do not going to get him again. That, I'm actually I'm excited for Talib to come back for him, for the team, for the fans, for everybody. But I'm actually happy for Peters too, that Talib is going to be out there with him. Yeah, it just takes some of the heat off. It, it does. It, it it does. I mean, if you have to take on or cover the best receiver on this route, this play, this drive, you can. It's not all on one guy to be a shutdown guy. There's a lot of pressure to be a shutdown guy. It is. So having to lead back is going to help the entire defense. Well, if you think about great defenses, a lot of the time they have corners that play sides as opposed to, you know, one of mm -hmm. the just playing the toughest matchup guy. It's Revis Island is one guy where you were like, okay, at his prime, that was Revis. He could shut down mm -hmm any of the best wide receivers in the league. But you don't often see that because it's so difficult, especially when you're going up against good offenses that have good scheme. Or, I mean, think about this. You have veteran guys like defensive line. If Aaron Donald says, I want to take this guard on this play, okay, move the other guy to the other side. Right. Brock or Sue, you move. He's going to line up here and make the play. Well, Tlaib goes to Wade Phillips and says, hey, let me cover this guy. On this series, this drive, let me take him away. Yeah. Okay, sure, everybody else adjusts. Yep. But you have that sort of guy 
back in the lineup. Right. That just helps you out tremendously. Yeah, interesting story Matt Patricia told on uh, his conference call yesterday, which was at 7.50 in the morning Pacific mm-hmm. time. That was a nice little thing to wake up to. But Patricia was talking wake about up, how... Uh, Did you say 7.55? 7.50. 7.50. And that's early for you? No. Honestly, I... was about I, to say, I've Miles. Been, come on now. I've been up. I'd already gotten a workout in. But Sean McVay has, like, has had a life before you woke up. Well, I know, but Sean okay. McVay probably wakes up at like 3.30 in the morning. And Set then the standard. That's the standard. That's the standard. Come on now. Uh, if I, the coach is running, we're running. Fortunately, <laughs> I don't have to do that. Uh, we don't work in the same building, so he, he listens to this podcast. Oh no, he does. Yes, not. he does. Yeah, I hope he does. Oh, he does. Well, if Sean McVay listens to it, he you quotes this to podcast it. right before the coaches show. Does he? Yeah, usually the things you say. Yeah. Yeah. Does he say that I'm an idiot? No, he says get miles straight next time I see him. <laughs> That's what he says. Something like that. I, I, maybe it's the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Probably. Anyway, yeah. so Patricia told this story yeah. about how because Patricia was the defensive coordinator for six years, New England. Mm-hmm. To Tlaib was there 2012, got traded there um, from the Buccaneers, and then also in 2013. So Patricia was saying that there was a week where, and Tlaib would do this often, but there was a week where Tlaib came into his office and is like, hey, I'm taking Jimmy Graham. Mm -hmm. Jimmy Graham was with the Saints on a huge role at the time. That's the prime of Jimmy Graham's career. And Tlaib was like, hey, no, I'm, I'm taking this guy. And it really wasn't something, as Patricia was saying, that teams had really done, using one of their top corners mm-hmm. to try to shut down Jimmy Graham. And Patricia was like, you know what? Tlaib did a really good job on that guy on that week. And it shows the type of competitor that he is and the type of technician that he is and the type of player that he is in general, that he was able to say, I want this challenge. And then he was able to excel with it. You know, I mean, LeBron James gets all the credit in the world when he guards a five. Mm-hmm. You know, he just knows how. He can guard anybody on the floor. Well, Tlaib can guard anybody on offense, any skill position guy. doesn't matter. Uh, if, you, if you're a a tight end that's up and split out, he can cover you. Right. If you're a receiver outside the numbers, he definitely can cover you. And if he has to move down to the slot and cover those quick guys from an off position, he can do that too. Mm-hmm. So that's just being a well-rounded corner, a, a really good player. Um, you know, at, at some point uh, with a ring or with more rings and more all pros and pro bowls, you know, five years after he's done, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if his name gets talked about going into the Hall of Fame at some point. Well, look, I mean, he is the career he's the career active leader in pick sixes. Yeah. He hasn't had one this year yet. I mean, that's probably because he's been hurt, but I I don't think that I don't think you're wrong about yeah. that at all. I mean, if you look at his resume, like on paper versus some of the guys that are going in or that are already in, okay. They look kind of similar. They do. And maybe his looks a little bit better. So uh, he's just that good. It was a big pickup, and to have him back is is tremendous. But I also give the guys credit that filled in for him yeah. because you only lost one game in that stretch. That's true. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. So, I mean, they did a good enough job to stay a one-loss team. Now, adding that guy back – it just makes you better. It does, and that's what you want to be able to do. As let's let's kind of look look at this team and review it sure. a little bit at the bye week. I think one thing that we need to point out. I mean, a Tlaib is not the magic elixir, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I think that there are. No, that are, would be Donald. You know, well, yeah. I mean, there, you, you, I got to say something, Miles. There right. is no way in this world. I'm a competitor, and I've been in some high-powered defensive line rooms my entire life. Yes. But there is no way I could sit next to that guy all year and have him lead me in everything game in and game out. What do you mean? Like, at some point, I'm going to have to outproduce you once. You may do it for 15 weeks or 14, 
But one time in a 16-game season, my name's going to be above yours in some stat column. Okay, are you talking from experience? Because, like, as... So this is uh, leading me into two things. A, you are more active on Twitter now, which, like, I think that's a great thing. Yeah, yeah. So you were talking the other day about Kevin Carter. Yeah. And how he had one of the better seasons you'd ever seen in 1999. Mm -hmm. So... Is that how you felt about being in the same room with Kevin Carter in the 1999 Absolutely. season? Absolutely. <laughs> no doubt. Now, this is this was my job to get Kevin going. All I had to do to, to make him wreck shop for four straight quarters was make the first play. That's all I had to do. If I made the first big play, big sack, big tackle for loss, he's going to make the next nine in a row. Either way, we win, so it's all good. But I'm not going to sit second fiddle to anybody for 16 weeks. At some point, I'm going to outproduce you. I don't think anybody's been playing second fiddle for 16 weeks. I mean, the first few weeks of the season, it's only been 11. He didn't have a sack in the first couple. So you got five more games. Somebody in that room needs to step up and have a big day, not named Donald. Okay. Yeah. So you're looking for Brockers. You're looking for Sue. You're looking for. Uh, I'm looking one for of the all edge of them. rushers. I'm looking for all of them, but I bet it's probably going to be Fowler. Okay. Yeah. Just got here, but I think he has the best chance of outproducing Donald in a game. In a in one game, just one game. Did Samson Abukam outproduce Aaron Donald in the last game? Well, he benefited from Donald. <laughs> <So> no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, he the benefited one. from. The, the stuff that he did. One so absolutely. Play, yes, the other. I mean, the pick six. That was no doubt. That, that was a heck of a I, play. But yes, I hear you. And I have to give him a lot of credit because uh, I heard them talking about screens at halftime. Hmm. That Kansas City runs screens out of everywhere, and we have to play it better. And they specifically coached him: get your hands in the throwing lane. Yeah, the ball's going to hit you. And sure enough, it did, and it stuck to him. Yeah, and that's a guy taking what he learned at halftime and bringing it out to the field. That's great stuff. Yes, that is great stuff. Um, But I think when it comes to that line, right, and the front seven, I think the Rams have got to get better in run defense. Uh, going down the stretch, especially like we were saying, you know, you're going to see teams in the postseason. And the the thing that about the NFL has always been when it's playoff football, take mm-hmm. your run game, take a defense. And mm-hmm. I know that the NFL is different. Passer ratings are higher than they've ever been. Quarterbacks are throwing for more touchdowns, et cetera, et cetera. The, the air game is kind of where it's at. But once you get into postseason football, and I'm thinking specifically about two teams, I at least at this point, I kind of think the Rams are going to see the Seahawks and the Saints. Those two teams can run that football. Mm-hmm. The Rams are going to have to be able to stop the run there. Yeah, and the Rams are going to have to keep running the football as well yes. on the other side. Absolutely. I mean, look, the clock is the thing in the postseason, and if you, he who controls the clock or controls the ground can, controls the clock. Yes. So it's easier to win games when you can run the football in December, in January, moving forward. So, And the Rams can do that. But stopping the run, absolutely. This is funny. Um, there's in the Rams locker room at the Coliseum, at the end of the D-line row, as mm-hmm. we like to call it. Yeah. So there's Donald and Sue. Yes. And there's the media. Just kind of standing about, what, 10 yards away? Not even. There's not much space in that, well, in that I, locker room. I the think they could there. actually get closer. It's just they don't want to. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. And I And I get it. So I'm like, all right, I'm not going to wait. I'm just going to go talk to Sue for a minute. And he looked up and said, I'm not talking today. And I said, I've been there. I understand. Um, <laughs> so the first guy I looked for on the, on the box score was Sue. Let me find his name. And I had to go through about 10 or 12 guys before I found his name. Uh-huh. One assist. Oh, okay, he's not happy. He's not happy he didn't make plays. Now let me go watch the film. Okay, he got knocked on his keister a few times. Mm-hmm. He's really not happy. So then I was like I was worried. 
after the bye week, I got happy and said, oh, I feel sorry for Detroit. <laughs> he's going back to his former spot. Yeah. And he didn't play well the week before. Yeah. Oh, this is going to be fun. Yeah. This is going to be painfully fun. Mm. I can't wait for this. That's interesting because it was funny. Yesterday, uh, we were in the locker room after practice and, you know, Sue, everybody's standing around his locker. It's Mm -hmm. the same sort of situation. And nobody wants to go up to him first. I mean, you want to let the man get dressed. And that's a thing that I think is just the strangest part about covering professional sports is that we literally go into a changing room. For these players, that's the job. They're naked and right. they like, and we gotta. I like. I I don't know. I try to have a little bit of respect for the process, right? Like Look, sometimes say, I gotta wait. Sometimes you have to stand naked in front of the world and just tell your truth. <laughs> that's just the way it goes. Okay, that's the job. It's like the, the end of the first act in Hair. That's the job. That's Absolutely. Just, yeah, yeah. You've got to ask the questions and you have to answer. Right. Yeah. Yes. But I, yesterday, Sue was like starting to walk out of the locker room and then everybody was like, oh, you know what? We need to talk to you, sir. Yeah. And he was like, you want to talk to me? And they were like, well, why do you think we want to talk? Um, let's see. Yeah. Uh, maybe because you played in Detroit. Yeah. And, and the team's going back there. <laughs> and it's yeah. the first time you will play Detroit. Yeah. But what he said, um, and Gary Klein of Los Angeles Times will give him credit because Gary kept circling back around to this because Sue was trying to evade the question. And Gary's like, I mean, you know, what do you think about going back to Detroit? Well, uh, Detroit's a nice city. You know, I'm glad we're getting in on Friday. Da 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 da. I'm going to see nice people. And then he really didn't say much about the Lions organization. But Gary pinned him. It's like, you know, specifically about yeah. the Lions organization. I mean, what. Are you? Th- what are your thoughts about going back there? And Sue said, and I quote, I'll refrain from my comments about the organization. Like I said, the city is an amazing city. Great people there. I look forward to seeing a bunch of people. Glad we're going in on a Friday so I can have some time to catch up with folks. But I refrain uh, from the organization, to say the least. Wow. So that doesn't say the least to me. That says a lot. That sometimes is what you don't say, right? Exactly. But I just... Going back to that conversation we had about me not wanting a guy to outproduce me for 16 straight weeks. Yes. I know Indomitian Sue is not going to want Aaron Donald to outproduce him in his old house. Hmm. No way. There's there's no way he's going to let that happen. I like to see that competition. Which, it's it's going to be a race to the finish line. <laughs> oh, Can't man. wait. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is and this is what this team, I think, needs. You know, you want to start keep stacking those blocks and keep getting better mm-hmm. as you go down the stretch. This is something Tlaib talked about the other day, too. When you're getting ready for a postseason run, you want to start to play your best football. No doubt. And the Rams have played great football throughout the course of the 2018 season. And against great teams the last yes. four or five weeks. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Great uh, football teams. That great could, teams, that great quarterbacks. You. Yeah, yeah. They, they could have lost any number of those mm-hmm. games. They lost one. Now, this week could be different. Meaning what? I think the Rams are clearly the better team. Yes. Clearly the better team. Yes, yes, So yes. just go out and act like it. So yes. I, I think maybe what everybody wants defensively, I think you may actually get in Detroit this Sunday. This is a get-back-on-track game if there ever was a get-back-on-track game. You know what I mean? Or Kinda blow like- up the tracks and start over. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, it's like kind of like the San Francisco game was mm-hmm. a, a few weeks ago. They got flexed out of Sunday night football, and then Aaron Donald comes in, and he sacks C.J. Beathard four times and has the weirdest strip recovery I've ever seen, you know? And you got back on track, I think, defensively, especially in that particular game. So 
defensively, you want to be able to stop the run mm-hmm. because right now you're giving up 5.2 yards per carry. You want to you want to get better with that for sure. Mm-hmm. But you also want to be able to eliminate <laughs> big plays better than you have over the course of the season so far. That's something that guys have been talking about this week. They want to make sure they're eliminating big plays because defensively right now the Rams are not great in that area. I mean, they've allowed 12 pass plays of at least 40 yards and 46 <laughs> pass plays of at least 20 yards. So How many 12. of those came in the last five weeks? I know. Probably a lot. <laughs> right. A lot. Right. So they're tied with Oakland at number 31, number 32. They're last in the league in terms of pass plays over 40 yards. I can uh, hear some yards. Raider fan going, yeah, see? We're not the only ones. Yes, exactly. Yeah, okay. But yes, then uh, the Chiefs are yeah. worse in terms of pa- allowing pass plays of at least 20 yards. They've got 50 but nobody else is ahead of the Rams. Though. No, I mean, look, at some point against the Chiefs, you just abandon the run and you just have to start gunning to keep up with them. And yes. the Rams are similar, except who they've been playing. So I think you might see a return to, what do you call that? Water seeps to its own level, a regression to the mean? Oh, uh, yeah, regression I think it's to a, the mean. I think it's a Cream little inflated to the top. because you're facing Breeze, you're facing Rodgers, you're facing Mahomes. So it's a little different. Um, it's going to be tough for Matt Stafford to get the ball downfield unless there's a, b- a bunch of broken tackles. Yes. Uh, which I don't see. You're coming off a bye week. You're going to be fresh. So I think this could be their best tackling game. And I like Detroit's offensive line. Don't get me wrong. They're just young. They're young. I, I think they're three of their guys are within three years or a rookie. Mm-hmm. There's a rookie guard starting. Yeah. which is the scariest thing versus Aaron Donald and Sue. Yeah, and your, Sue. Yeah, your left tackle is a first-rounder out of Ohio State. Decker, he's been, right? he's been yeah. in the league three years. Yeah. So, I mean, they're young, they're good, they're athletic, they're well-coached, but, I mean, I expect this defensive line to go up there and dominate. It, I think you should fair, dominate. It's a yeah. fair expectation, especially yeah. when you're coming off the bye. You're well rested. I mean, mm-hmm. they're pretty well rested too. They played on Thanksgiving. They haven't played since. So, I mean, maybe that kind of evens things out a little bit. Um, but I, I think that that's a fair expectation. And I think that's what you want this week to kind of get you rolling, set you up for what this stretch one is supposed to be yeah. on defense. And I w- I'd be surprised if Jim Bob Cooter had a game plan to where he's going to drop the seven or put his quarterback in harm's way to get the ball downfield. I bet no. it's going to be one step, get the ball out. Yes. Or, or three steps, get the ball out, it, and then see if the Rams want to tackle. It should be. Yeah. It, it absolutely should be. Um, let's talk about the offense, too. Sure. Um, where do you think the Rams must improve offensively? Oh, must improve. Um, well, it's hard to say, I know. Well, I mean, if, got, if, if you had the magic elixir, is that what you called it? I, I did call it that. To, to keep Todd Gurley healthy for four quarters okay. per game. Yeah. I, I wish that was the case because I think Monday night would have been different had he not gotten winged early. I agree. Yeah, especially towards the end when you had control and you had to give the ball back to Kansas City and scared the, the out of everybody in Los Angeles yeah. when you had to give it back to Mahomes with a lead. So if you could run Todd Gurley more in that situation, I bet you would have. So... Just keeping him active and keeping him viable for four quarters, that, that's the thing I would say you have to improve on. Okay, well, that's <laughs> that's not – I mean, you can't necessarily control that. That's like – you yeah. know, but I, I hear you. And I think one of the things that's good about going into this week is that Sean McVay said, look, Todd Gurley is fine. We expect him to be healthy. We expect him to be all totally recovered. It wasn't that that ankle injury was something that really kept him out 
it, because it didn't keep him out. I mean, he had a 20-something yard run toward mm-hmm. the end of the third quarter. He caught a couple screens, and then we got holding calls, right? Mm-hmm. So Whitworth gets a holding call, and then that has to come back, and so that kind of throws things off on that drive. But I think you're right. Look, Todd Gurley has got to still be as effective, and you want him to keep leading the league in rushing. Oh, yeah. Because if he's doing that, that likely means the Rams are winning games handily. Well, that's the other thing, and I'll never get into this because I don't care about stats, but this is the week he probably passes Zeke because Zeke's got his hands full with New Orleans Mm -hmm. they stop the run Mm -hmm. so I think maybe if this game goes the way we think it's going to go in Detroit I think Ty can start ripping off long runs yeah maybe towards the mid part of the second quarter definitely in the fourth Mm -hmm. if he stays active Mm -hmm. exactly um how unique do you feel like this is with the offensive line that they you know knock on wood and I don't want to jinx anything and i kind of don't believe in jinxes but neither do they this is you're getting basically uh, you've had a season and a half Mm -hmm. plus of this unit being healthy each and every game able to start each and every game at least you Mm -hmm. know uh, they've got to be dealing with some stuff and roger saffold actually said that um when we were in colorado but this i think this unit has been really the cornerstone of the offense and it's why the offense has been able to be so good you have the same starting five week after week after week your starters are your starters and that is so helpful in my opinion mm-hmm. just to what the the rams want to do on offense no doubt uh and i think the bye week is help them tremendously uh it's about as late as you can get for bye weeks it is it's that's the 11 bye. weeks yeah. and you know wit Raj, Sully, these guys have a lot of games under their belt. They do. And they played well for 11 straight weeks. They needed the week off. They needed to rest. Uh, So I expect them to be at their best. I expect them to look like they did in September. Mm -hmm. I mean, as quick. I mean, just position blocking guys, getting out on screens, uh, making draws look like a seven-step drop. I mean, that's how Todd Gurley gets out on draws, where the screens work, when they sell pass and then they sprint to another position. So... I expect them to look spry and fresh come Sunday. Yeah. They better, yeah. Yes, they better, and it's going to be essential for them to, you know, stay healthy. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean that in a way that's like, oh, well, you must not trust these rookies. And I look, what's been great about having guys like Sullivan, like Whitworth, like Savile. Yeah. I I would punch him right in the face. I would if I was a player. If I was a if I was a young nose if I was an old nose tackle against Sully, he knows I would punch him right in the face. (laughs) I would take the fifteen yard penalty. He is so sneaky. He is so crafty. Exactly. Getting guys to jump off sides. Uh, He'll twitch everything and not move. Twitch an eyebrow, (laughs) blink at you. You know, breathe funny just to get you to jump off sides. Oh, it just drives you nuts. Oh, well, those are the kinds of things he's passing on to the younger generation. Yeah. And that's what uh, Aaron Cromer said. And he's a yesterday. great actor, too. When he gets a nose tackle to, to like jump and hit him, he'll flop. He did. <laughs> yeah, big time. He did flop Absolutely. the other day. Sell oh. that thing. Sell it. Absolutely. But you know, and that was the funny thing. You know, you don't often see any more encroachment. Yeah, yeah. Like it's usually just neutral zone infraction. Yeah, yeah. But he got the, the nose guard to come up and actually hit him. And then he's like, oh. Smiling, laughing, knowing he just got the other guy fired. Yeah. Oh, I would punch him right in the face. Yeah, I, I'm glad to have him though. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, because you're on the same team, right? Yes. And it's uh, it's different when those offensive guys are there. Um, one other thing that I think the Rams have it to does get remind better me of Mike Rudadoria because yeah. I know Groot listens. He was the center when we won the Super Bowl. Right. Groot was sneaky like that. Mm-hmm. He'll get anybody to jump 
anybody, even the most disciplined guy, will get caught. <laughs> it's, oh, it's just so frustrating. Yes. You know, I not having played defense that much in my high school football career as we play glory days. Like, the funniest thing to me was always when they'd be like, just watch the little brown thing. Don't I know. move into the little brown <sighs> thing moves. What was his name? I loved it when defenders yeah. would jump offside. What was his name last week? Alvin, the defensive tackle. I think it was Alvin Reed. For for Kansas City Monday uh, night. Yes, that sounds right. Okay. Um, well, his the nose tackle to his left, young guy jumps off the same guy that decked Sully. Yeah. And he pounds the ground like, how can you jump? You're staring. You're right over the ball. Yes. Well, you don't know what this guy's doing to you. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what he's giving me to make me jump. I'm not doing it on purpose. He's yes. making me do it. Nobody jumps on purpose. Right. Well, I did. Absolutely. I'll give you a free five yards. What? Uh, what's the one thing an offensive lineman can't do once he gets in a Three-point stance. Move. Exactly. I can. I'll fire across and drill you right in the head. Absolutely. Take the five yards. You'll be feeling that for the next three quarters. Did you do that because you had the offense you had? I did that if in case you were holding me a lot. Oh. Yeah, if you held me a lot and I'm not getting satisfaction from the officials, then I have to kind of serve justice. Oh. Yeah, so I'll give you a free five. Interesting. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a hard five, too. Okay. Oh, yeah. You're going to earn it. No. Yeah, yeah. So you got called for encroachment. Oh, a lot. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go look at pro football reference. As soon as I drill piece. you, I'll just turn around and walk back five yards right, with my <laughs> hand up. It was me. I did it. <laughs> hey, anyway, oh, yeah. uh, what I was going to <laughs> was golf and yeah. the, the sack fumbles. And he mentioned this in his press conference yesterday. It's just something that he has to get better at. Can't turn the ball over like that. Because, I mean, again, postseason football, that's what guys are going to do. They're going to come after you. They're going to get into the pocket. You can't give the ball away on a sack. You just can't do it because you eliminate the weapon that you have. And, yes, I use the word weapon mm -hmm. in Johnny Hecker because he is. Especially with that punt. Right. Man, Tariq Hill has a green light from anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's no way in the world he should have fielded that punt. No. Yeah, on the one, and then you backed up into the end zone? Yes. That's how you know you're fast. Yes. Yeah, when when they let you do that. And he but, still got to the, the 10 or the 12 yard uh, line. The guy can to, fly, but, I mean, you need those sort of punts. You need Johnny Hecker to be a weapon from this point on. Yes, yeah. exactly. Of course, referencing the Bill Belichick conference call where he said that. But yeah. I think the, the, the thing that you – you need from Jared Goff is just that consistency there because he's played yeah. extremely well. Mm -hmm. And if not for Todd Gurley doing the things that Todd Gurley's doing, I think Jared Goff would be more in the conversation of MVP candidate. No doubt. Squeeze the ball in traffic. If you're a quarterback, I mean, you know, you have to protect it. And the best way to ensure that you don't get strip sacked is to get rid of the football. Mm -hmm. Yeah, make sure you don't have it when the rush gets there. Yes. Uh, that's the best way to do it. But, I mean, when you are in traffic, when they do have you trapped, and they do trap even the best running quarterbacks, even Lamar Jackson gets trapped yeah. at some point in the pocket, just make sure you protect the football at all costs. Exactly. And I, as long as he does that, mm -hmm. I mean, I think he's done such a good job, especially without Cooper Cup now, of making sure Josh Reynolds is, is a big part of this offense as anybody. And I think there's probably something to it for Josh Reynolds now that he knows it's a permanent thing, you know, and you're not just kind of in there replacing Cooper Cup and then, oh, well, we're going to put Nick Williams in on certain situations. Excuse me. It is now really Woods, Cooks, Reynolds. Wow. And I, I mean. You just got taller. Yeah. Yeah. You know? You got more dangerous. I mean, Cooper Cup is about as dangerous as they come because – 
He is a football player. We don't have to go into this. We yes. know about Cooper Cup, but when you add a Josh Reynolds to the mix, I mean, now you have to play the game above the rim too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and not every corner can run with these guys and then jump at the same time. Yes, and it seems like Jared Goff knows how to play point guard. He knows where to put it for guys like Reynolds to go get it. Yes, and that's really that's really good because when you've got a guy that's six foot three, you want him to be able to use his entire frame. Mm-hmm. You want him to be able to go up and catch it where the kids can't get it, as they say. You yeah. Know? Because he has the ability to do that. And if, I think McVay put it this way, if Josh Reynolds' shoe size was maybe one and a half smaller, then he would have had two touchdowns in that Kansas City game instead of one. Wow. Yeah. You know, when I heard him say that on the coach's show, I'm like, man. He repeated that on the coach's show. You are a tough grader. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. You are a tough grader. Oh, my God. (laughs) McVay, okay, this is fun. I mean, McVay comes up with little lines. Yeah, yeah. And then he likes to continue to use them. Of course. Like, uh, and, like, it's his robotic nature of press conferences sometimes, you know? Like, um, you know, shout out to Clarence Dennis, he, um, our staff writer. So he and I have pointed out, like, all of these different phrases that mm-hmm. McVeigh has, we call them doubleisms, right? So it's Double-ism. like trust and belief. Um, confidence and belief is another one. Confidence in belief and trust in belief. They're, yeah, they're okay. to uh, mimic and emulate. That's another one. Okay. You know, it, but it's like, easily digestible. You it get is. where he's coming from. Exactly. It's an economy of words. It, I like it. Right. Yeah. So, but he, like, but this is funny that, like, he has done that. Like he used that line in the press conference, then went to the coaches show and said the of same. Of course, it's 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 right in the same building. I know. <laughs> yeah. That is he often <laughs> says, you know, I don't have much in my brain except, you know, room for football. So if I, I feel like I if, believe you, it. If, if you've got a line, he's gonna use it, thinks it's a good one going to keep using I believe it. And we do challenge him, JB and me, and we'll bring up stuff during the game. And he'll like just little parts of it or only give you 20% of what we really mean. Yes. And he'll find out or figure out where we're going and tell you the entire scenario. Yeah. From snap one to the end. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I can't. I Like, coach, we only needed like three minutes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was a there was something that he was talking about. And I, it must have been one of the Thanksgiving games. Yeah. But it's not, not something that the Rams were involved oh, in. Oh, I'm not talking about this year. I'm talking about stuff when he was in Washington. Oh, I know. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. It wasn't a game that he was involved in. He's recalling it, it just... like it was yesterday. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then he always says, oh, well, you know, his coaches were always going through these things. And then like, no. yeah, <laughs> I'll never forget Matt LaFleur yeah. when I was talking to him for a profile of Sean McVay right during training camp of 2017. So we're um, still at UC Irvine, right? Yeah, yeah. And LaFleur was telling me like, dude, this is, this guy has the craziest memory I've ever seen in my life. Wow. Well, I, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but I'll, we had a coach get fired. And when they cleaned out his office, now this is a head coach. When they cleaned out his office for him, they found the playbook with cellophane still on it. What? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So when hmm. he says, you know us coaches, okay, this is, might be just you. <laughs> <laughs> That's why uh, there is only one Sean McVay. Yes. Um, so what's interesting, I mean, now the Rams are going to see this week as we turn it to our look ahead in the Detroit Lions, mm-hmm. a candidate, a, a head coach that they actually interviewed for this position in <laughs> Matt Patricia. Uh-huh. And now Matt Patricia's got the Lions. They're four and seven. I mean, what have you been your impressions of what he's doing over there? Uh, Well, I mean, if you read... Detroit media, mm-hmm. it's they're they're calling for his head without calling for his head. When a they, little bit when they start pointing out that the previous head coach was fired with a nine and seven record. Well, what do I do with this guy here? So, 
the buzzards are circling, so to speak. Now, they may not say his name or say it directly, but you know what they mean, mm -hmm. right? So I would say this. This is a great way for him to get those people to go away if you can beat the Rams. That's true. If you can somehow find a way to defeat the L.A. Rams coming to town, because most of their media already assumes the Rams are going to win. Mm -hmm. If you listen to them and read what they have to say, they assume the Rams are just going to wipe the floor. So if you can somehow figure out how to get a victory over them in your own house, that'll at least stave off those buzzards for another week. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So and that's how I think he's going to approach this game. Yes. Yeah, he's coming for the upset. Absolutely. And that's it's something that they were able to do this year earlier on in the season when uh, Patricia beat his former team in the New England Patriots. And that was a really big win for yeah. what that team was they at the time. just beat Carolina by a point? They did. Yeah. That was an odd decision by Carolina. I mean, maybe not necessarily in the course of the flow of that Never game. Never run, my man. <laughs> well, I mean, you also had your kicker miss a field goal yeah, and yeah. an extra point. A lot of things went wrong for the, for the Panthers, but either way, the Lions got the win. Yes, yeah. they did. And that's a huge thing for them. I mean, when you are when you get that fourth win at the time, they became four and six. Like, hey, you're yeah. still, you're in that in the hunt graphic. Yeah. That, that's still you. I went and looked. I was looking at uh, McCaffrey's numbers, his game by game. And mm -hmm. when you get to Detroit, it stands out. Yeah. Yeah. He, his least productive outing was against them. Yeah. So, and Cam Newton, too. Mm -hmm. uh, just things look different. Uh, they look different against the Lions. So I, I would assume that same effort will be there on Sunday versus the Rams. Absolutely, especially when you're coming off a, a, a long weekend. Mm -hmm. You know, you were able to get some rest. And that's something that, that, you know what, the Rams, yes, they have their bye week, but I, I think there is something to the fact that Detroit's going to come in here being like, hey, look, we yeah. we can play spoiler for this. Well, you want to hear something funny, okay? Um, I, I Julio, our producer on the road, yes, uh, finally figured out that the Super Bowl this year is in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And he goes, hey, didn't you win a Super Bowl in Atlanta? <laughs> well, yeah. Well, why didn't you say something? Well, it wasn't time to say. Yeah. It wasn't time to talk about that yet. Um, also, in that season where we won in, in Atlanta, we lost in Detroit. Hmm. Yeah. And we vowed never to lose again in Detroit. We did once. We lost to Philly at the end of the year, but we did finish out as champions. So it's just kind of these parallels here and there. You don't have to go there and lose. <laughs> I'm just saying, but you Thanks. have to go through Detroit to get to Atlanta again. I, li I, yeah. like, I like saying putting it as we're you got to go through Detroit. You got to go through Detroit. Yeah, yes. yeah. A lot happened to us there. Interesting. Yes. What do you mean a lot? Like just just that loss. It galvanized us okay. like it did. Um, we'll we'll never do this again. That's that's how we felt. That's what we said, and that's yeah. how we practiced, and that's how we played after that game. Hmm. I hope, you know what, though, you, you sort of hope that you went through that in New Orleans, right? I, I would bet you did. Yeah. I, yeah. It, because it, 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 and going back to that game, it, in the locker room, it didn't feel like it was the biggest deal in the world that they had yeah, yeah. lost, but it was not, See, you weren't, yeah. you weren't happy, you weren't, but and you weren't like, you know, I'm throwing stuff against no, the wall, I'm you angry, but it was, for Monday's practice. yeah, like, yeah. no, we, we're going to get back to work, we're going to get stuff done. See, I think we needed that loss in Detroit to become champions. Mm -hmm. I don't think this team needs that. Fair. Yeah I, yeah, I think you went through that in New Orleans. I yeah. think you're exactly right. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, you know, who scares you on defense for them? Ziggy Ansah. Yeah. Um, my God. Um, when you turn on the tape and watch him when he's in the game. Now, he's he's in and out. Um, I think he's still working himself back to being 100%. Yeah, he's dealing it, with a shoulder injury. He's missed most of the season. And he's got the little brace on, you can tell. Um, but if this if this is this guy at 80%, I don't want to see him at 100. Right. Yeah, because whoever is lined up over top of him is just 
catching a beating, mm-hmm. a, a technical beating. And I was saying this, man, if he's not in Detroit, if he's in New York, if he's in the Apple, regardless of how the Giants are doing, he is a star hmm. the way he's playing. Yeah. I mean, this he looks like Strahan did way back in the day. Wow. That's high praise. Yeah, he is as slippery as cat poop on linoleum. I'm serious. You yeah. just can't get a glove on him. He he's he's just that technically sound. So this will be a battle for wit. This will be a battle for Roger Saffold because he also lines up there. And I wouldn't be surprised if he lines up over Sully a few times. Mm. Yeah, he is a guy that can absolutely wreck your Sunday. You know, I remember when the Rams played the Lions a couple years ago. On they played them back to back years in fifteen and sixteen. That was Ansa's thing. You know, he was moving all around mm-hmm. the defense. He was lining up wherever, and he was really getting into the backfield. And you know, right now he's got four sacks in only playing five games. So mm-hmm. you can see the production. Games, five games so far he's played. I thought he played year. one, nine, one week one, and then the last three. Am I wrong? I could be wrong. I'll look it up real quick. But every game he's played, he has a sack. He has been awesome. So, and if you're watching tape, if you're in that defensive line meeting room, I'm sure his coach is telling him, "Hey, look, Wit is vulnerable. Look mm. at what Kansas City did to Roger Saffold. I think our guy is better than." Those guys. Right. So they're going to use the same sort of stuff you saw. Yes. Well, he's he's played in five games. He's played in five? Yes. Okay. He, he, he didn't have much production in the Chicago game, okay. so maybe. Uh, but he played 1, 9, 10, 11, and 12. Okay. So, yeah. But that, uh, in 1, t- 9, 10, 11, and 12. Yeah. 1, 9, 10, 11, 12. Okay, never mind. Five. Okay, I can't count. Yeah. Okay. It's okay. But in four of the he's five played games 12? he's had. What week are we in? We're in 13 now. We're in 13. Never mind. Move on. <laughs> okay. I'm not the best at math either, DeMarco. Me either. I, the bye week uh, screw me up. But anyway, yeah, go ahead. Yes. He's exactly. been a terror. Yes. Yes, he's been a terror. Um, you know what's interesting, though? On the other side, when you, when you look at Aaron Donald, he there's only one quarterback that he has sacked more times than Matthew Stafford, and that's Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting because, you know, you don't play Detroit but once a year, maybe, but once every couple of years, probably. Right. So. Well, he, how many sacks does he have on the season so far? 14? 14 and a half. 14 and a half. If that guy hits you for multiple sacks, then you should be fired. You should have a game plan for him by now that we're not going to let this guy beat us. I'm just saying. I mean. Get the ball out as fast <sighs> as you can. Run away from him. Make sure you turn protection to him. Especially a team like Detroit. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Well, This should be a big day for somebody else other than 99. He every, should see everybody on the line of scrimmage. What did Mike Tyson say? Everybody's got a great plan until, until they you get, get punched hit. in the mouth. I'm, but I'm just saying, if, if you allow Aaron Donald to rip you apart again, after what you've seen the last 10 weeks, you should be fired. You should have a plan just for him. I mean, yes, but like he has wrecked people's plans. That have been for him. If Barry Bonds hit multiple home runs in a game, it ain't the pitcher's fault. It's the manager's. One, yes. Multiple, that's the manager's fault. Stop pitching to this guy. <laughs> yes. I mean, you're, that's fair. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. It, it's, it's, that's what I'm saying. I would, I would bet that somebody else is going to have a big day in Detroit because of that. So you're saying, so that's, I mean, there are a lot of elements to this, but basically you've been saying this entire podcast that Sue should have a very good game against the Lions. Absolutely. Uh, he, he better. Um, and I, I bet he's going to the way he played on Monday night, uh, the way he looked after the game and he's going back to Detroit. 
He's going yeah, back home. He's going back to a fan base that used to love him. Mm-hmm. The best way to, I guess, give back that love is to rip the Lions <laughs> a new one. <laughs> I also I do want to mention um, on their offense, Kenny Galladay, because I think he's oh, having yeah. a tremendous season. A couple weeks ago against the Panthers, he had that catch in the front right quarter of the end zone, and he looks like he's on his way to really being a star. And yeah. especially that receiving core right now is fairly depleted, I oh, yeah. feel like we can say. I mean, from the fact that they traded Golden Tate to the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. It's funny. I can't say his name, or it's hard for me to say Golden Tate without cursing. Oh, because of the way that he used to play the Rams? Just period, yes. Yeah. Whenever I say his name, there's a curse word well, that either starts or ends it. We'll have to talk okay. about him in a couple weeks, yeah. <laughs> but not yet. Yeah. Um, but Marvin Jones also went to injured yes. reserve with a knee injury. So Galladay is really their number one target. Um, like and, it or not. Yeah, and I, I think he's playing like it. Well, yeah. what other option do you have if everybody's on IR or just being <laughs> traded away? I mean, yes. if you're Matt Stafford, you got to send the ball somewhere, yeah. so he's the next up. So that, that's what I mean, whether – you like it or not, you're the guy. Whether you want it to be or not, you were the guy. Mm-hmm. I don't care what your plan was coming into the season. As of right now, Galladay is the number one receiver. Yes. Yeah, he's going to have to play like it. And at running back, uh, I mean, we don't necessarily know what they're doing today in terms of their practice, but uh, Karrion Johnson did not practice on Wednesday. He missed last week's game um, against the Bears with he's a tough. knee injury. Yeah, yeah he's, he's tough. tough. So if he's not going to play and he's been their starting back, then uh, uh, LeGarrette Blunt will probably do the bulk of the carries. OG Blunt, my man. Yes. Yeah. So he did that um, against, excuse me, against the Bears last week and had two touchdowns, I think 88 yards, 19 carries. And then they used Theo Riddick as basically their uh, option out of the backfield on passes. So he's they kind of split the, the carries, but yeah, he's a problem. I mean, if you've got LeGarrette Blunt, I mean, you still have the ability to run the football. And I, I love the way he fat guys it when he runs the ball. Like he wouldn't necessarily run fat you guys fat guys. It. He, he won't necessarily run you over. I mean, he will, he can drop the helmet and run through you, but he'll just get in a scrum and lean forward. Yeah. And, and the pile just starts moving. That way. <laughs> he, he's that. That's, that's what I mean by fat guy. It. And then he said, I mean, he has a second effort like he did last yeah. week against the bears where it's like, Oh yeah, we stopped him. Oh no, no, no. We yeah. didn't. He's in the, t- he's in the box. And I think a lot of people have, uh, he's misunderstood. Um, you might think he's a knucklehead, man. He might be one of the smartest offensive players out there. Mm. Uh, he is, he's great in pass protection. He knows where the holes are and he knows where the free hitter is coming from. Yeah. I mean, he's, He's like Talib on the other side. He's done this for a long time. He's right. a he's an absolute pro. All right. Well, before we let everybody go, uh, there are a lot of clinching scenarios, but I think the most important one for the Rams this week is win, right? Yes. You win, you're in, you clinch the division, it's great. But the Rams also clinch the division with a Seattle loss, or if the Rams and Seahawks tie the Rams clinch the division. So wow. that's something that's interesting. Has that ever happened when they do these scenarios? I don't know. Like when both teams tie. Has, I, I can't remember if you that tie ever. tie in separate games too. Like yeah. That, that, I don't, that never I don't happens. Know. Why do they even we put need, that in there? We need a research person. Yeah. Uh, Seattle's playing San Francisco this week, so I mean, okay. I kind of expect them to win that game. But hey, it's the division. Crazy things have happened. So also there are a lot of clinching scenarios if the Rams do tie, like, clinching a playoff berth. Okay. So there are five of them, right? Okay. Rams tie, Washington loss, plus Minnesota loss or tie. That's interesting. Two, Rams tie, Washington loss, Carolina loss. Three, Rams tie, Dallas loss, and a Minnesota loss or tie. Four, Rams tie, Dallas loss, Carolina loss. Or 
Rams tie, Minnesota loss or tie, Carolina loss. I feel like I'm back in high school. That seemed like trigonometry. So if the train leaves the station (laughs) at 10, what time is it going to be able to Do they attach like percentage points for probability? Like which one is more probable? Uh, they do not. Besides the the Rams winning. Yes, I mean, well, the, the I think ones that you the, just mentioned. The, the probability of all of okay. any of those five is like ridiculous. I bet. So. There, I wonder if there's somebody betting on that. I bet there is. I'm sure somebody there is. is betting on like the 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 lowest probability probable outcome of this weekend yeah, dude people bet on everything everything i know everything wow. all right so that'll do it for this somebody edition. won with that vest you're wearing then oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know what it's it's like 60 ish degrees so yes it is hashtag vest season vest season yes I like it. absolutely all right everybody thanks so much for tuning into this edition of between the horns we will see you from detroit first 10 a.m game of the season pacific time can't wait uh they'll be televised on fox we'll hit you with rams pregame live at about 9 25 pacific perfect with your morning coffee for demarco far i'm miles simmons thanks for listening we'll see you then